Thanks for tuning in to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that you're blessed and encouraged to walk out the gospel as you listen to this message. Good evening, everybody. We are going to have a fun night tonight. We are going to talk about worship. How many love to worship the Lord? Yeah, good. I can sense that in this room. Um, Tonight we're going to be talking about worship. I'm going to have a a few friends come up here in just a minute, but um, I wanted to read a couple of scriptures tonight before we get into into the panel time and just some discussion. And the first one is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, and it says this, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Um, So you are a priest. Did you know that? I preached on this back in January. And um, the reality is, is that as worshipers, we are all priests. And together as the church, we are the priesthood. So turn to your neighbor and tell him you're a priest. Yeah, you're a priest. Throughout the Old Testament, um, the priests would offer up sacrifices to God for the people. And um, in the New Testament, we're the priesthood of believers. We get to all offer sacrifices of worship. Um, Worship to God was, and it is, the first and most uh, important priority of the priesthood. And so what Peter's telling us here in this scripture we just read is that we, the church, we are a holy and royal priesthood and that together we are that, right? Individually, you're a priest. Together, we are a priesthood. And so your primary role as a priest is to minister to the Lord. It's the first thing. It's the first priority. Your second job as a priest is to minister to people and to share to the world who he is. Um, But one of the primary ways that we do that is through worship, right? Praise and worship. I mean, Paul tells us in Romans 12, offer your entire self, your body, as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Um, So all of life really becomes worship as unto him. But um, we want to focus in tonight uh, uh, specifically in praise and worship. Um, And the greatest exercise of our priesthood is really to offer up sacrifices of praise. And uh, how many like to get wild in worship? How many like to be calm? Okay, good. I see the calm people. We got, we got a great mixture of people tonight. Um, I want to read this real quick, and then they're going to come. But Hebrews 13, verse 15 says this, Through him, Jesus, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Did you see that? Continually. Continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And um, every believer is to function as a priest. You know, we are so blessed with an amazing worship team, aren't we? But did you know that you are actually just as much the worship team as the worship team is the worship team? Right? Like, uh, It isn't supposed to be 20% of the church, you know, a couple talented people up on a stage at the front performing spiritual sacrifices. It is the role of the entire priesthood to offer up sacrifices of praise. 
right? And uh, the, the, the priesthood um, isn't uh, about us. It's not about consumerism. The priesthood is about ministering to him first. Um, the priesthood is a participatory experience, and it's about, um, it isn't about being served. It's about the priest serving, all the priests sacrificing. Can you imagine what would happen if we all came in here ready to do that? I believe the manifest glory and presence of God comes and inhabits the praises of his people. What if we all came and didn't wait for the worship team to get us going? What if we all came in ready to get the worship team going? Right? What if they were like, guys, you're going crazy. Please calm down. Can you imagine that day? Where, the, where all the priesthood comes in and we are ready, ready, ready. Um, but here's what I want us to understand. The, the gathered church becomes the priestly church. When we gather together, when I come into church, not as a consumer, but I walk through the doors in what to, I can give him, what I can offer up to him, what I can sacrifice to him. When I don't feel it, I'm going to go and press in anyways and offer my everything. You know, I said this to somebody the other day. There's a lot of times I don't feel like lifting my hands, but guess what? I do it, right? There's a lot of times I don't feel like singing, but I do it. And, and what would happen if we actually leaned in as a church and became that, that reality of priests in this place, ministering to the Lord in that order, to the Lord first and then to people? Do you know that this team, their primary role is to minister to the Lord and they also lead us in the room and we get to get in on it and it's beautiful. So um, guys, we have an amazing crew of people coming up here right now. Um, Pastor Charity, Pastor Tyler, Carice, Jess, can we give them a hand? They are our worship leaders. Um, how many are thankful for our team? Yeah, we have an amazing, amazing team. And all, all four of these, what happened? Okay. Is it? Take it easy over there. Um, you guys, um, all four of these, what I love about this, this night is that all four of these people are my friends. We do life together. We love Jesus together. Some of us for like 25 years or more. And um, they're such a gift to our house. And so we had some questions that we are just going to ask them and have them share. Um, How many are excited about hearing from them? Usually you just hear them singing, but tonight you get to hear everybody talking and sharing. Um, And so we've got a few questions. We actually asked a few people for some questions as well, just things that maybe we would want to talk about, about worship, um, specifically corporate worship and and worship with singing and, 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 and praise and all of that. And so maybe first I'll just ask this question. um, How did God lead you to being a worship leader? Yeah. How did God lead you? Tyler, you should go. Are we singing our answers? Yeah. (laughs) There was a day. (laughs) Um, Well, I I prefer to be um, kind of back in the band. So I started in youth group playing bass. And so I get to play bass every now and then here. And then just started learning guitar. And then there was a, a need 
in when I was about 16, and they're like, you're the next, you're the designated survivor. <laughs> so I was a little, but I needed that, I needed that nudge. And so um, I'd played for a while on worship teams, but when I started leading worship and singing, um, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of like go, you know? And so it was a journey for me to grow into that. Um, thankfully, I got to use, uh, spend a lot of my mistakes and learning years in the youth before there was live stream and all the things, click tracks and, you know, all the things. So very thankful that I got to grow back there instead of right here in front of you all the time. But yeah, so it's been, been about 15 years or so, maybe almost 20. So it's been a minute. I remember, uh, so Tyler played bass and acoustic guitar, and then I remember one Sunday we had no electric guitars, and I was like, do you think you could learn? And he learned in like 24 hours how to play electric and played on the Sunday morning. He deserves a hand clap for that, just for that. Yeah. Charity, what about you? How did uh, God lead you into becoming a worship leader? Well, my dad led me into it. <laughs> um, my dad was a pastor my whole life. Um, so they tell me the first time I did something was when I was four years old. Um, the, we had a choir. It wasn't really called worship back then because I'm older than Tyler. <laughs> um, but we had like song, you know, song service or whatever. Anyway, but we had a choir at our little church and the choir director got sick. And um, so I stood up and directed the choir when I was four years old, because this was a very small church where you could do that when you're four years old. <laughs> um, so, but he, you know, he was the pastor. He pastored small churches for most of his life. So we were the worship team, you know, when we came to the church. Our family, my mom, plays the organ beautifully and sings and all that. And so um, we were just kind of, we came as the package deal, I guess. But um, in, um, in youth, I started um, kind of doing a little more. But then when I got to college, like worship, as we know it now, as like even a genre of music happened while I was here at Evangel. Um, Shout to the Lord had just came out. We were all like, what is this? You know, um, so it kind of changed the paradigm. Um, and um, I, I, I don't know. I just kept doing it. Um, and I never stopped. So, yeah. yeah so good. Carice, what about you? I was 12, um, working at a kid's camp over the summers, 12 through 18 years old. And my best friend and I, like, I wasn't on worship teams growing up. Um, as a kid, we would, her name was Michelle. Um, and in their house, they had a room called the Abide Room, where um, there was a piano and just seating. There's no TVs in there, nothing. Um, and she would play, and the two of us would sing and meet the Lord. And we were actually the last song we were singing. Um, it was really sweet because that was one of the songs that I grew up worshiping Jesus to in the Abide Room. Um, when I fell in love with him. Um, and fast forward 17 years old, um, my dad's friend had a church and they, um, my dad <laughs> volunteered me to sing a special. It was a CC Winan song. Shout out to CC. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know what's up. <laughs> um, and I was so terrified um, that I got up there to sing in the little cassette tape 
like thing that had the lyrics on it. Yeah. Um, I was so terrified I couldn't read the words. Um, and I completely forgot the song entirely, like lyrics gone. Um, and I actually vowed that day that I would never lead a song again. Um, truthfully, and that vow didn't break until last, um, this last fall. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a Wednesday night on this stage, that was the first time I led a song again outside of the prayer room. Um, but in 2020, like I was done with like any like main stage worship teams. I was like, no, thank you. Um, anything that was like hidden in the back, like prayer rooms, prayer sets. Okay. Um, and then it was 2020 and I texted charity after I'd been wrestling, like the Lord had said, Hey, you need to do this. And, um, and honestly, I let the enemy like, uh, convince me to not, um, with the ploy of it was 2020. And honestly, there was a lot of racial uproar going on. And I said, I don't want to be the token black girl on stage. Um, so I'm going to not. Um, and then the Lord said, are you going to let a fear keep you from pursuing what I've asked you to do? And I said, well, stink. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't with a a good heart and conscience say, yeah, I'm going to stick to no. So I texted charity and I told her that via text and she said, it's about time. (laughs) Um, so that was 2020. And the first time I led a song was like November. So here we are. Yeah. Jess. Um, I have been part of, I guess, worship as a whole, probably since my junior year in high school. Um, our, we had, went to a small church and there our youth pastor was our worship leader, but he um, invited myself and my sister to be part of the team for the church. And so that was huge. So that kind of opened up. That was kind of that same time, the 90s, late 90s, uh, where worship was really coming on the scene-ish. And then I went out to college and just got to be involved in, um, in worship, whether it was in the choir or um, I, got to go, I was at Calvary Temple with Josh and Christy and have known them for years. Um, but I was involved in some way um, and then graduated college and was part of a church plant. And that was kind of my role there was to lead um, very primitively a church plant. But it was beautiful growing time. And then I, I've been here at Hope for 18 years and have been part of the worship since I've been here. But um, just until the last really five years, probably, there's been a real, it's been a real evolution of like leading, which I want to quantify too for everyone that like every person on this, every person on this stage leads. They're worship leaders. Like Josh had said, uh, it's just our role looks different. So we've all been leading worship in a capacity for, you know, many years. And whether we're singing or we're ever heard, um, you know, we're leading uh, to clarify that. And it's beautiful. But um, anyway, I remember 2019 and um, I've been playing the piano and was very, very Again, primitive will be my word. And I remember the Lord just asking me just to keep saying yes to him. And so we had the 45 at the time, and um, which is, was the, for many of you who don't know, or maybe you've heard about it years ago, it was 06 when they, that first started. It was once a month for 45 hours, straight hours of worship um, and prayer, constant, one weekend a month, and got to be part of that for the duration of the 45. And um, 
led in that capacity a lot too with my husband. And, um, but in 2019, I told Charity, I was like, we were talking a little bit. I'd been messing around playing a little bit more at home on the piano. And um, I was like, okay, I'll do a set, an hour, one hour of the two hour set. So she was like, why don't you just start there? And she had someone else scheduled after me. And um, so I was like, okay, I'll do that. And nobody was in that set. So I was like, we're good. I'm just by myself. And um, the girl didn't show after me. And so I sat and I did two hours. And it was such a surprise to me. But it was a beautiful, beautiful time with the Lord for me. It opened up a whole other just uh, realm of just worship with him. And, um, and I felt like he was asking me because it was terrifying. Uh, but pretty much Charity had stepped into the lead like worship pastor role at that time. And um, I felt specifically, he's like, when charity asks you, not because it's charity, but specifically in that space, I want you to say yes. So she asked me to play in the family center for a service. She asked me to, um, and then to actually lead a song, co-lead. And so that's how the progression, I had led vocally for a long time, but the progression of leading from the piano and still learning kind of came just in the last five years. So that's kind of where my journey has been. So, so good. Yeah. Well, my worship leading started <laughs> with Sandy Patty tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. I, I'm not going to talk about me. We need to ask these guys questions. All right. Um, so what does personal worship time look like for you? Um, y'all are worship leaders, but what does it look like for you personally? Um, and how does that translate to leading on stage? Yeah, who wants to start with that one? Sure. Yeah. Um, I sing, but I do not play an instrument. I played flute when I was younger, but you can't sing and play flute at the same time, in case you're wondering. (laughs) Um, But we had talked about this a little bit before. Um, Personal worship looks like a lifestyle. It looks like intimacy. It looks like awareness of the Lord's presence all the time. Um, Practically, that means sometimes it's I'm walking my dog and I'm talking out loud, um, which you guys know you can blend in to Springfield that way. Um, (laughs) um, But I like, I remember a day when the Lord was like, go for a walk with me. And I said, okay. Um, And so we went for a walk and he would talk to me. And I would respond and we'd have a conversation or um, in my car and I'm driving and he says, hey, turn here. And it's away from home. Um, Worship has has looked like intimate relationship. Um, So when that floods onto stage, it is being aware of the lyrics and what we're saying um, to the reality that this is about him. So I... When I am on stage, I am, I, I picture, and sometimes like he shows me like, like a window of heaven and I'm, I'm, this is all to him. Um, because truly I think, um, culturally when you get on a stage, pride becomes a fight. Um, but humility has to remind you that this is not about you. Um, that it is entirely about these lyrics that are being sung to him. So like, they're really intentional about, um, the songs that they're biblical because we learn theology from, from what we're singing. And then in proclaiming and declaring these things, we are believing things. Um, 
And so when it comes to when intimacy floods this stage, it, it's all about him. Good. Charity, what about you? My personal time? Yeah, what does personal worship time look like for you? Um, well, um, I, do, I, I do play the piano, so um, I, I sit at the piano a lot, um, and I usually end up kind of singing my prayers more than saying my prayers. Um, and that just is, I think, just because that's, it comes the most natural to me. So um, sometimes it looks like me sitting on the floor um, and turning on some kind of music that doesn't have words. Um, I've been on a real journey with falling in love with the Word of God um, for the past couple of years, and that did not used to be the case. I used to do read it out of um, that, that I'm supposed to, um, and just really have been on a journey of asking the Lord to like fall in love with his word. Um, and I like to read it out loud so that I don't distract myself with things I see in my house that need to get done. And I still do that sometimes. There was a big spider web right there, you know? Um, (laughs) um, so, but I've found that like sitting and, um, and reading, reading the word slowly out loud, um, and asking him to whatever I've read for it to like do its work in me. Um, and then I sit there, um, sometimes I go to the piano and I'll play or sing those, that scripture back, or just my own kind of interpretation of that scripture, um, back to him. Sometimes my time with the Lord looks like I sit in a chair and I talk to him out loud. Um, I, I've, I've had a few things come up recently that I was like, I don't know what to do about this. So I like, I was like, I'm, I'm setting up a meeting with you. And I brought my laptop and if anybody walked by my house, they'd be like, "Ooh," you know? Um, but, um, I set up my laptop and I opened it up and I was like, here's what's happening. This is what's happening. I don't know what to do about it. I need you to help. So I'm just going to sit here until, until you do, or until I know what to do, or I'll come back the next time, but I'm, I'm going to sit with you and do that. So, um, Sometimes my personal worship time looks like, um, for me right now, just to be honest, that I, that I call my mom. Um, the Lord, I've told our, our leader team um, here lately, the Lord has just placed on my heart the scripture where it says this is true worship, um, that, we, um, that we are a- attending the orphans and the widows. That's what the Bible says. Um, my mom is, an, is a widow. My mom um, also has um, been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and so it's become very difficult for me to call her because it's painful to talk to her. And um, and honestly, I just I, I've told my friends and my husband I have to see this as an act of worship to the Lord. I'm going to call my mom today, knowing it's going to be a repeat conversation, but this is worship for me today. So it doesn't always look the same. You know, it looks, it looks very different, but our relationships with other people that we can touch and see doesn't look the same every time. Otherwise it would be really weird (laughs) if you, if I sat with Tyler every time and said the exact same thing, you know, or like we, like he is a person and he wants to be with us. And so I treat him like he is that 
a real, a real person. And sometimes we talk and sometimes we sing and sometimes I cry and sometimes I take a walk. Um, and sometimes I call my mom. So, so good. That's so good. Jess, I'll ask you that same question. What does personal worship time look for you? And how does that translate into leading on stage? Oh, personal worship time. I think it doesn't look the same for me every day. I, I'm a home. I have one child. I homeschool him. So like I'm with him all the time. I don't have a lot. I mean, I, I get up a little bit earlier than him. So a lot, sometimes it looks like sitting in the corner for a little bit with some soaking music and reading the word or just sitting with him. Um, sometimes it looks like a lot of, I meet him a lot when I'm in the kitchen. I'm in the kitchen by myself cleaning and cooking. And a lot of times um, it's not uncommon for me to <laughs> be on the floor <laughs> uh, just being with him. Um, sometimes it looks like for me, it looks like moving my body. Um, and that might sound funny to some but like the place of movement and exercise for me is a place where I encounter him and it's a place of worship for me. And um, so that actually does translate. And so for people that who maybe do see me, um, it's not uncommon for me to move my body a lot in worship. And it is a response for me uh, to the Lord. And that happens at home, uh, just like it happens here. Uh, there's just an embodiment of worship inside of me uh, that I just can't help it. So there's a real place where uh, that is a real intimate place of worship for me. And sometimes it looks like going for a walk. Sometimes it looks like actually doing uh, like a physical exercise in a different way and sweating and all of that. But he meets me there. It's a place of worship. And it's been a journey for me with him for the last almost 10 years. So that is a real place, which might be surprising for some because it's like, how does that translate on stage? Well, that's really it because I meet him there off the stage, but I also meet him there when I'm up. It's an expression of a place where I meet with him. Um, Sometimes worship is sitting at the piano. uh, And um, so it looks looks different for me. Um, Every day looks probably a little bit different here lately. Night times, we've been through a season where night times were hard at home. And um, worship looks like laying with my son in his bed and singing over him. That's worship. That's a place of reading the word. Um, We have been declaring the word of the Lord in our home um, and over him in our nighttime. And worshiping him in the nighttime. As we fall asleep many a times, I will literally fall asleep worshiping in my son's bed next to him. Um, and so, obviously that doesn't translate to me laying down. Well, maybe it does, laying down up here on the floor before the Lord, um, you know? And so that's what worship looks like. It looks, he's, it's in all of that. So. So good. Here's the next question. Um, how do you prepare your heart when you come and lead worship on a Sunday or a Wednesday? Um, both as a worship leader on the team and as a worshiper in your life. So um, I think that would be so helpful for all of us to hear some of that. Tyler, you want to start with that one? Can you repeat yeah. the question? How, how do you prepare your the heart? Origin. What's that? The origin and use it in a sentence, please. <laughs> oh my goodness, this guy. How do you prepare your heart when you come and lead worship on a Sunday or a Wednesday, um, both as a worship leader and as just um, a worshiper in your life? Yeah, well, I think we've all hit on it 
um, just worship being a lifestyle, I, I think um, worship is serving. And so a lot of times when um, I'm resetting the stage, you know, setting up stands, putting, you know, getting everything ready for services, I, it's an easy time to kind of prepare your heart, um, you know, singing in the car, different stuff like that. But I think, um, I don't know, it's, we just talk about, it's not a lot about what happens on this stage. And so I think it, it's easy to live your life and then, um, just try to turn something on getting up here when you hit the guitar chord and the lights turn on everything. Like it's, it's just not that. And so I think we have to fight that. Um, cause it can be, can turn into something that may not be real, you know, um, may not be pure. Um, so we have to, to lean into that and, and worship him in every other way, I think. So keeping your heart prepared, you know, looks like serving your family. You know, I think as a worship leader, we're serving the church, you know, we're serving you guys. Um, if, if we, if we sang five new songs every single week, it'd be pretty hard for you guys to all enter in, you know, so serving, serving the church in that regard, you know, serving the church in other ways, you know, uh, charity is big on trying to find ways that our team can serve other than just a musical outlet, you know, and so I think, I think worship does look like service a lot, and that's what keeps your heart, um, I don't know, prepared, and at least for me. I'd love to add. Um, when I read that, I think for me, um, I think the idea that I have to, I want, this has to be an overflow of a place that I am actually in my life. So, um, I started thinking about it. I was like, there isn't a place where I feel like I need to go and like set my, like there's practical preparing that we do for these, these, (laughs) these times. I mean, we have to do that. We have to prepare, but as far as where my heart is in worship, like, um, this has to be an overflow of a place where I am off of this stage. And, um, there isn't a special like heart preparing, getting ready for Wednesday and Sunday or else that's compartmentalizing. And this isn't, that's not real worship (laughs) really. Um, and I, I've said this, but I was talking with a friend not too long ago, but I'm like, if you were to ask my 12-year-old what I look like at home, every expression that you've ever seen out of me on this stage, and then some, he has actually witnessed in his life at home. That is true. He, if you asked him, he would be able to say, my mom worships like that at home. And so that has to translate the same. So there's no, so as far as being prepared, it is an, it's an overflow. That's not, I'm not saying that like, there's anything special about what I'm doing. It's just, if there's any kind of expression from this place or like the way that I am worshiping, it's an overflow of how I live my life off of the stage to the Lord. It's how I express and worship. And that's been his whole life. And I think that's a really great indication is when we can ask your people at home in your life, what does that look like? Does it look the same there as it does when they're ministering on the stage? And that to me, is like my heart is already, it's an overflow of that place. How would you encourage our church to prepare as they come for, for worship? You know, prepare their hearts. Do you have any, any practical um, advice for, for us? Just as they, they come here, you know, uh, I think we walk into this place from all kinds of things, especially on a Wednesday, right? We're coming from work. We're coming from all the things. But, like, how, how do we prepare our hearts? 
I would say invite him into all of the moments. Um, I think it's easy to compartmentalize spiritual things from natural things, but the reality is you're both of them. Um, so like, like Jess was saying, it looks the same at home. And for me, um, here you see me like looking up. You can ask my husband. I'll say, I was talking to father today and this is what he said. Um, or I was having the conver- this conversation and about honeybees and how they're like, they're glorifying him and doing what they're created to do. Um, I was talking to, I'm reading this book about the hidden life of trees and, and that is included in my like quiet time with the Lord um, of Lord, how incredible you like you created these trees and they actually mirror relationship. Of course, in the scripture, you compare us to trees. It makes perfect sense um, where when you invite him into all of the things because he wants to be in all of your life. He doesn't want to only be involved in part things. And I almost would go as far to say that he will refuse to be in only one area of your life. He really does want it all. So he may try and like talk to you about things that you're not asking him and be like, no, 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 I want to talk about this. And he's like, no, but this thing I I want to talk about. So I'd, I'd say it looks like preparing for Wednesdays and preparing for Sundays. And I'd say prepare like on Monday throughout the whole week prepare, like, keep inviting him into, or start inviting him. If you haven't been, start. It's not too late. Um, Start inviting him into the moments. If it's a rough day at work, like, talk to him about it in the car. If you have kids in the car, talk to them. Hey, how was your, like, take inventory of how you're coming in here into this space. And, And then when, like, when the music starts, if that means you need to, like, like have this conversation with the Lord too. Say, Father, this is, I'm feeling heavy. This is the day that this was. I know you saw it, but I want to talk to you about it and invite you into what my day looked like. The frustrating moments that I experienced or the stressful car ride it was. If it's Sunday morning and like, I don't know about y'all, I saw it growing up, like <laughs> at home, it was chaos. And then you get to church and you're supposed to like flip off the chaos and like turn on. I am completely at peace and too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> when the reality is like, I need to talk to Jesus about my family because <laughs> they try in me. You know? That's so good. Oh, I was going to say practically one of the, if, if we think about like preparing for service time, um, there may be some days that the most worshipful thing you could do was be would be to not come in here. You might need to sit in your car and apologize to your husband, or you might need to apologize to your wife and sit in your car and pray together and ask the Lord to heal whatever is going on. Um, you might need to sit in your car and call someone that you hate and forgive them. The Bible is very clear. Like, Leave your offering, like go. This isn't, this isn't even real. What we, what we do in this room, if you've got some major things going on in your life, there's somebody that you literally like hate 
Like, don't, we don't, you don't need to come in here. You need to go do what the Bible says. And that will be worship for you in that moment. That's a really practical thing to do. We want you to be in here. <laughs> um, but, um, I mean, that's just. Next that's, Sunday, nobody's no, going to be in this room. This is hard stuff. I've told our I've told our leaders quite a few times. I have felt convicted from the Lord. This is just a personal thing for me, because Josh did it tonight. But I've like I've stopped asking the room. Everybody do this. Everybody do that. Because because I have a mic, I can make a whole room. Except for the few of you that are like true Americans that will not be moved. You know, <laughs> have your own will, right? I could tell a whole room, everybody raise your hands right now and tell Jesus that you love him. I see you did it. (laughs) Uh Everybody in this room, tell Jesus right now that you, he can have all of you, right? Like as leaders, we could do that. We could say that to a room and your mouth could be moving. But the Bible is also very clear that there are people that with their mouth, they say things, but the, the heart is far from him. And it's not real. It's not real worship. It's the appearance in a room that a whole room is worshiping and is surrendering to the Lord, but it's not real. So that, that would be my practical thing for you. One practical thing the Lord has done for me numerous times is I just love a good talk radio. I do. And I, I, love, I love that. And he's just, there's been seasons where he's like, turn it off. Turn off the news. You don't need to know what's going on. Turn it off. Um, and so I'll leave it off for months. Maybe it'll just be off for forever. But I, but sometimes he'll ask me to turn off worship music when I'm driving in the car. So if you're driving here and you feel that nudge to just turn it off and just ride in silence and let the Lord speak to you or just sit with him. Sometimes I'll sit in the car and I'll reach over and I'll act like I'm holding his hand because I believe he's there with me and I want him to know that I care. That he's, that he's with me. Um, so anyway, there's some practical things. So good. So how do you uh, lead worship when you don't feel it? Um, and are there any internal battles when it comes to leading? That's such a great question, right? So, I mean, that's obviously as worship leaders, but I would say, you know, as just all of us, as, as, as the priesthood, how do we worship when we don't feel it? Um, I'll answer yes, go just ahead. real quick. I mean... <laughs> Because it is practical. Because the good thing, and we're reminding ourselves, is that worship isn't about how we feel. Correct? I mean, it is a choice that we make to worship him. Um, but I, And I will just say, I have a real quick example. But just even a couple weeks ago, it was a Wednesday night. And I wasn't leading, like, I wasn't leading the service. But I was playing, so still leading up here. And... Um, it was just a rough day. It was a rough day at home. It took me 45 minutes to get here when it normally takes me 10. Like it was just, it was one of those nights in my attitude. It was not awesome. Like I walked in here and I was like, I was just livid. I was mad. I didn't love Jesus any less, but you guys know what I mean. Like I just was, ooh, to the point where I was like, I don't know if I should even be up here. I don't know. Cause you kind of feel like a fake and a phony. That's just, you're like, oh my word, I'm up here playing and leading and I sat there and I was like, this is a choice I'm making my heart because this isn't about me. This is about you, Lord. And the beautiful thing is that when we sit with him in that way, he will change us. <laughs> and by the end of the night, 
<laughs> By the end of worship, my heart had shifted because it's what his presence does. He will change it. Uh, and the beautiful thing, if I would have gone by how I felt, I mean, I'd apologize to our team. I apologize to Tyler. I was like, I'm so sorry. My attitude is terrible right now. Because um, it wasn't anybody on the team, but it was a space. But I did apologize. Um, but I chose. I was like, this isn't about this. I'm going to give this to you too. Because that's worshiping in spirit and in truth at the moment. And I kind of feel like a jerk from the way that I have been. But you're worthy of this space and you're worthy of me. And so I'm going to worship you anyway. And he shifted that. It shifted by the end of the night. Um, so, yeah, that's practical. <laughs> we don't always feel it. <laughs> I think for me, this one hits pretty close to home. Um, growing up, I, I, I lived in cycles of sin, and I, I did live a double life for, for some years. And I would turn it on just like that. And it kind of, you know, created this performance thing in me where I might you know, not be living right. And then I'd come in here and play or, you know, in youth or whatever. Again, it's been years ago, but still it's fresh. And so, um, when God dealt with all that in my life, um, you don't want to feel like a fake. Cause I'm like, I'm never going back to that. Right. And so this is tough. You know, I think one thing that helps me is, um, doing something like the prayer room. I mean, when that's me with an acoustic guitar and there's a couple people in there, it's like, hey, there's not 200, 300 people singing. Diego's in there with me, but nobody else is there. No, I'm teasing. Um, you know, but honestly, those moments where it, 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 you can't survive off of the energy in a room or the amazing band that we have here, you, you just have to, to make a choice and, and to lean in and, and declare his truth and what he's done in your life. And a lot of times, the easiest way to shift that is Thanksgiving. Think back to where he's brought you. And I look back and I'm like, okay, maybe I don't feel it right now, but I know how far I've come. I know what he's done for my family, my, my inheritance, my heritage. And so I'm like, at least, I mean, that's enough to sing for at least two hours in this set today. <laughs> you know, and so I think... But it is, it is hard, and there are some days as the leader where I'm like, man, if I'm not feeling this, this is not good. But there, I, there's some days where I just have to be like, we're, we're, we're declaring Jesus, his name is high, praising him, and we're singing about the gospel, and that's enough for today. It doesn't, I don't have to have some spontaneous prophetic song. We don't have to have any this, that, and the other. Like, that is enough for today, and he's happy, and... He's lifted high. So. so good, Tyler. You know, I was just thinking too, uh, you know, even the question, how do you lead worship when you don't feel it? I think when we enter into worship, realizing that it isn't about how we feel is like a big thing, right? In a very feelings driven life and culture, it's like in this moment, I can acknowledge I don't feel this right now, but I lean in and I let my spirit lead me till my feelings begin to align. And sometimes they align and sometimes they don't, right? But we, this is before the Lord instead of before anyone else. Um, one thing just to add to that, when Romans is talking about bringing a, like yourself as a living sacrifice, um, a sacrifice means it's going to cost you something. Um, so this space is sometimes it's going to cost going against the way that you feel. 
sometimes it, what you are um, paying, they're not paying, but sometimes it'll cost you your rights um, of, well, I have a right to feel this way. Good for you. <laughs> but also, when you said yes to him and were born again, you also traded those rights in. Um, so there's, there's a reality of, Jesus, I'm, this cost me greatly, this sacrifice of praise. Um, I remember um, when, after we lost our son in 2018, I remember sitting over here in this section, and worship looked like I'm showing up to this space. I don't, I, that is the cost of, I want to be in bed. Um, I want to be in a dark space, but I'm going to show up here. I remember the day that I felt the like strength and the, the cost of Jesus today is the day I stand up. Um, there's a cost to worship, but he paid it all. So it's also entirely worth it of, of sacrificing and even if you don't feel like it's worth it today, he says it is. So good. Okay, we've got like six minutes. Can we hit some real practical things here? Let's, let's hit them quick. Um, this question, what happens in spontaneous worship? How do you lead in those moments? And how are we supposed to respond in those moments? Charity, you want to just hit on that real quick, even what we're talking about when we say a spontaneous moment? Yeah. So a spontaneous um, moment would be um, that we kind of sing something that isn't in the song. So you, or you could call it whatever you want. We're making up a song. Um, Psalm says, sing a new song to the Lord. Um, however you want to phrase that in your, in your mind. But it's basically, um, we've sang the song and the music keeps going and something new happens um, in that moment. And um, to, to, not to oversimplify it, but as leaders, we can kind of see that as two, two different ways. Um, sometimes we would sing something that would be something maybe for you to listen to, to receive. It might be exhorting you in some way. Um, sometimes a phrase of scripture will come that we'll sing out. Um, and it'd be something that you could just receive or, or hear. Um, but a second, a second type would be sometimes I will just, I can't really explain it. I just, I hear a phrase and um, some of this for me goes back to what we talked about of like, how do we prepare um, when I'm at home with the Lord and I'm singing and I, I feel his presence and then, and I have a moment with him. Then when I'm up here at the piano and I start feeling a thing to me, that's familiar, you know? And it's like that thing I felt at home, he's right here. He is. And so whatever happens, sometimes sentences come out of my mouth. It was not that I planned them. It's just he showed up in a tangible way. And so I decided to let my mouth be obedient to that. Um, but in, in that case, um, I will usually, as a songwriter, try to frame that in real time into something short and something that could be repeated so that the whole room could join in. Um, uh, you can look at the Psalms. There are lots of Psalms that are kind of framed that way. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. And then they all said it again, you know? And so it's the whole room. It's like these short phrases that we could all agree. We can all be in unity and agree in the room 
Um, and so as a leader, it is, um, it's, I feel like it's a, it's a sacred thing that you would, um, take something that, and then, and like I was saying earlier, then asking the whole room to sing that with you, um, because your mouth is agreeing with something, um, and we want it to be right. So, um, a lot of spontaneous here you'll find is either, um, a re or just a, like, a different interpretation of a scripture, maybe taking a scripture and just making it shorter, not a different interpretation. I'm losing my words. Um, a like a paraphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to, or just sometimes we'll say the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. We'll just take half of a scripture and we'll sing that. Um, but it's to a new melody that just came up right now. So that's um, kind of two ways. Yeah, it's so it. good. And I would say this to you. There's sometimes, um, like I've heard you do this many times, where like a prophetic line will come out and there's something on it that actually breaks things open in the room. I don't know how to say it other than that. And I want to encourage you, church, in those moments, um, jump in and join in and declare that together. Because there, there are these moments where there's a line or something that just that comes from the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And as we agree on that, it, it shifts something. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's up here, but there just are those moments. I'm not saying every spontaneous moment is that way, but there are many that way. Okay, here's a question. Is the length of our worship time because it's Spirit-led? Yes. Yes, or, or Or is it because... <laughs> Or is it because that's just the time allotted per service? Um, I can answer that. <laughs> we can go longer. <laughs> no, it's a great question. I think uh, I was thinking of all these analogies earlier. They don't really make sense. But I do think sometimes that... I know, I was like, what could I... No. Um, I just think sometimes we just need a little time to... I don't know, get the wiggles out or calm our minds or whatever. You know, we come into this room um, with, with so many things going on in our heads and sometimes it's hard to engage. Um, and so I do think practically the time helps. It's not that it's not that the first part is less than the later part or whatever, but I think just we as humans just kind of sometimes it takes us a little bit to, to really open up. You know, it's just like in a conversation you may be having with a friend, you, you kind of have lunch, you meet up or have coffee, whatever, and you, you chat, you kind of start out small talk and then maybe later in the road you get into kind of the depths. And I, I don't know, I, I think that that maybe happens a little bit and I think that's kind of just human nature. So I, for me personally, it, it, sometimes it's hard to, to just jump right in and 15 minutes and then, okay, here we go. Let's keep moving, you know? So the extended time definitely helps in that regard. Um, there's definitely some times where it could be shorter and we're like, okay, we, we praised him and it was an amazing day. And there's other days it, it goes longer, but, um, I would say, just so you all know, we all come with a plan. There's a plan, but it's always submitted to the real time of God. And it's never, it's never about minutes uh, a number of minutes, or we need to go this long or not that long. You know, before charity, I was the worship pastor here for like 17 years. And um, I we never 
um, wanted to have long worship services. Believe it or not, that was never the goal. It was never, it was never like, let's see how long we can go. Our heart was, let's be with the Lord. Let's be in the presence of God. Let's follow his heart. Let's see what he wants to do here, what pleases him. And, and let's see what his presence wants to, to, to release to us today and speak to us. We want to follow the heart of God. That really is it. So just so you know, if you think, man, that church, they, they just love to worship long. We love to be with God long. And we also love to be in the word. It's not, it's not one or the other, but we try and follow the real time of what God is doing in a service and not just do a routine or a form. We all can fall into form. That isn't the point of this. The form isn't let's have long worship. The form is let's be with God. Let's be with God. Let's see what happens. And I can't tell you how many people come into this place and encounter God in such profound ways. God speaks to them, to them just individually, or God uses people in the room to speak to people in the middle of worship time. We just want to give God uh, a chance to do what he wants to do. Yeah? Guys, it's 8.01. Time always flies, doesn't it? How about we all stand together? Um, I hope this was helpful tonight. Um, I think we should give our panel one more round of applause and thank them. And uh, I, unlike Charity, do believe in encouraging you to lift your hands. Uh, God actually says in the Bible, he likes lifted hands. He wants your hands lifted. He does. He really, he, he requires it. Can we just, if you, if you want to, it, if it's real to you, if it's as unto the Lord, let's lift up our hands. I pray in Jesus' name that we would be a Jesus-loving, worshiping people, that we would be radically in love with Jesus. And I pray that worship would just absolutely flow and not stop. I pray even tonight as you go to bed, you'd worship. I pray your thoughts would be worship. I pray you'd sing a little song to him. I pray when you get up in the morning, your first thoughts would be to, to worship him, to love him. I pray through the day you would practice the presence of the Lord and that we would become a habitation, a resting place for the presence of God here in our midst and that from here, many, many would encounter you in powerful ways. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. All right. God bless you. Thanks for coming tonight. Have a good evening.